that was part of our Tri-Village team that has come down from our Tri-Village campus and they led us in worship today. Say thank you to them even though they're gone. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm Lon Allison, and I have the privilege of opening the Word of God for us today. We're going to be looking at, the, at Mary's life in the, in the Christmas narrative. Um, I heard our, our prayer leaders say, we've read this uh, a hundredth or a millionth time. My hunch is some of you have never read it, and maybe the only time you've heard it is, is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, but wherever you're at, here's, here's what I hope to do today. I've asked the Lord to help Mary come alive for us, but even more, the child that she carries to come alive. Here, I start this way. You need to know that what we're going to read today and, and exposit or expose is the living testimony of Mary as a first source literally telling Luke, who writes the Gospel of Luke, what happened when Jesus was born. The reason I emphasize that to you is you, don't, you can't imagine the importance of a first source testimony. If somebody says to me, maybe, maybe my friend Will calls, says, Lon, Lon. And I go, what? Because he's always like that. Lon, Lon. Uh, and, and Pastor Will would go, hey, did you hear that, that Matt just got in a wreck? And I go, no, no, is he okay? I think he's okay. What do you mean you think he's okay? Well, I heard it from Rachel. Oh, well, where did Rachel hear it? Well, Rachel heard it from Julie. Oh, well, where did Julie hear it? Well, Julie heard it from John, and, and that's how I got it. Turns out it wasn't a wreck at all. He scratched his bumper in a parking place. You're four or five generations away from the actual source of truth. Not here. This is Mary as an aged woman relating to the doctor Luke, exactly what occurred. So please open your Bibles with me uh, to Luke chapter 1. And if you don't have one and want to use the one on the back of our seats, it's on page 1014. So open up, turn on, off we go into the wild blue yonder. All right, I'm going to take this long passage and divide it for you into three sections. And intelligent people always take notes. That's why we're going to put this up here for you. Uh, some of you are so intelligent, I guess you don't need to take notes. That's fine, too. All right. But for those of you who do, the first theme we're going to see in verses 30 through 38, I call it adventures with peaks and valleys. Because Mary will experience the highs and the lows. The second section will be 39 through 45, the necessity of friends on the journey. None of us can deal with the valleys alone, and the, the peaks are a lot more fun when we share them with people we love. Third, there is a purpose bigger than us that we all represent in this world, and you're going to hear breathtaking testimony through Mary as she prophesies about what her son will be. Each and every one of us has a breathtaking, bigger-than-us purpose in this world. Okay? So here we go. I'm going to read the section starting in verse 30 through 38 again. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Verse 31, 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, in her old age, uh, your relative who you're going to see, is she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel leaves her. Verse 38 is the most important text in this whole story. Here again what Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Okay, well, what a story we've got here. Angels show up. We call this the season of Advent. Advent. And that's a word that's not familiar to us unless you've grown up in Christian liturgical circles. So do a favor for me. Take the word Advent and add three letters on the end of it. U-R-E. Advent what? Adventure. That's what, it, that's what Advent is. It's a new adventure. And God has such an adventure for each and every one of our lives. Most notably here, a 13 to 15-year-old girl who had no notion of what was going to break loose in her life, right? All right. So the angel appears. Now notice the first thing that the uh, angel has to say after telling her, you know, a little bit about what's going on. He says to her, verse 30, don't be afraid. Fear. Listen, when you get on an adventure, there's always fear. And too many of us try to orchestrate all of the dangers out of our lives so we are not surprised. Forget about it. Not going to work. How many of us are over 50 here? Would we say to our younger friends, forget about thinking you can order your life so you don't get blown apart by new challenges and adventures? Would we say that? Yeah, absolutely. That's life, okay? Mary is afraid. She should be. You saw an angel, you would quiver as well. All right. Now, but this takes me to a, a little bit bigger push on this thing. The, 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 the two words I want to put together are risk aversion. Risk aversion. You can hyphenate them if you want to. Uh, we are people who try to alleviate any risks. And the truth is we just can't. We're adverse to risk when in reality... The adventures of life don't really happen until we're willing to risk. Now, I was writing about this in my prayer journal this week, and I actually did a Freudian slip. I, you know that phrase of afraid to go out on a limb? You know that phrase? Balcony, do you know that phrase? How are you guys today? 
Good, yeah, hi, yeah, good. Uh, okay, risk aversion, I'm afraid to go out on a limb, but when I wrote it in my prayer journal, I said, I am afraid to go out on a limp. I put it as P instead of B. And then I thought, that's pretty good theology and pretty good understanding of the human condition. So here's what it is. We all go out on a limb with a limp, right? None of us are what we want to be, and, and we bring our limps to bear on everything that happens in our lives. So when we get an adventure, we go at, we go at it weak. St. Paul said, I am well content with weaknesses and troubles, for it's only when I'm weak. It's only when I'm limping. It's only when I go out on a limb with a limp that Christ shows up and does what I could never do. Mary's going to experience that. Our desire to live a risk-free life is a form of unbelief. Safety at all costs. It's a form of unbelief because God has adventure for us. And a lot of what happens in adventures is just wonderful. Now, let's get to Mary. Just the names that the angel gives to her for the child that's going to be birthed in her are enough to do a whole sermon on. First, she says, you will, he says, you will call him Jesus. We're so used to the word, but if you put the true meanings behind that word in the ancient languages, J-E, part of Jehovah, S-U-S, part of the Greek term Sosa, to save, Jehovah saves. The name Jesus means God is coming to save, to rescue. Just the name. What's that mean? It means we need it. We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. Second part of the name. He will be great, verse 32, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. If you go down a little further into verse 35, he, the one born to you will be called the Son of God. If he's the Son of the Most High, if he's the Son of God, he himself will be what? God, deity. This is the revelation of the deity of Jesus Christ. No Jew thought that the Messiah would be divine. They thought he would be powerful. They thought he'd be from the line of David. That's the next thing he says. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over his descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Every Jewish person in the world longed for the coming of the one who would be from the line of David, who would be a mighty warrior, a great superhero, who would make everything wrong, right. They, they, they taught their children about this. You just wait. God is going to send someone like David, and he's going to change everything. But the angel has put three titles together. The one who is coming will save. The one who is coming is more than human, divine. And the one who is coming will not only make wrong right now, but forever and ever. 
Now, if I'm on an adventure and those things had been revealed to me about what's going to, I'm going to be somehow a part of something like that with someone like that, I would say that would be called a peak, wouldn't it? I mean, you say, man, glad to be involved. Don't know why you chose me, but glad to be involved. Okay. I wish I could just stop there, but there's even more. Let's get this thing down to where it's really at. A baby is coming. Is there anything more exciting than when a child is born? So that's exhilarating. That is a peak. And, and then precious little Mary. I don't know much, but I know what you just said cannot happen. I am a virgin. Mom and dad said it doesn't work the way you're talking about. And then the angel says, Oh, Mary, what is going to happen to you defies human understanding. But the Holy Spirit, God himself, will come upon you. You will be overshadowed with the presence of Jehovah himself through the Spirit, and a miracle will occur. You know what a miracle is, everybody? C.S. Lewis says that a miracle is when God temporarily suspends the natural order of things. I've taught on that before. When, when God, who is sovereign over all things, temporarily suspends the natural way of things and says, just for a moment, whom? and her pregnancy will be magnificent because on the one hand she's fully human and so her son will be fully human on the other hand it is God who has performed this miracle in her and the one born will be fully divine human divine the Christ my, 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 my. If this isn't the peak of an adventure, who he is, how he will come, and precious little Mary trying to gather it all in. Now, many of you know that, that, that um, the Reverend Dr. Lon Allison is a fan of the Avengers. I realize that's an oxymoron, what I just did. And, and I like the Justice League, too. And I'm all about superheroes. And you know why? Because every character in fiction that is a superhero is really pointing to the great hero. And the great hero is Jesus the Christ. A few months ago, a, a T-shirt started floating through Facebook. And, um, and I'm going to put it on the screen for you now. See if you've seen this or not. There it is. There it is. And that's how I save the world. The ultimate one is coming. Human and divine is coming. Birthed in a 13 to 15-year-old little girl. Wow! God is great. Now, that's the peak. We need to go to the valleys. 
a few years ago, I had a great adventure. A friend and I decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in, in Africa. I was 59 years old when I summited it, and it wasn't until I got back and we all had to sign in at the register, which meant that we still lived, <laughs> that, that I went down the list of everybody who had climbed on those days with me, and I was the oldest person on the mountain, and clearly the most fit. Uh, <laughs> But day one, two, and three were peaks. It was exhilarating. You, you go from near tropic, dense foliage, day one. And as you keep climbing, you move into fir trees and pines and all those things we think of as alpine. And the third day, at about 15,000 feet, you're beyond anything that lives. And it was like moonscape. In fact, gigantic moon rose early in the day. We thought we were on Mars. That was days one, two, and three. They were unbelievably exhilarating. Every adventure has its peaks. Day four, not so much. First of all, they made us get up at 11.30 at night. Then they decided they would rope us together in teams of four. That should have suggested something right there. Because we've still got the summit ahead of us. We've got 5,000 feet to go. Over 20,000 feet, highest point in the continent of Africa. And we start climbing at night with a headlamp and stargaze. And it takes us eight hours to ascend the peak. And you can hear people slipping because rocks are sliding. But that's okay. They're roped to others. And you always put the toughest guy as number four. Because if one, two, and three go down, you hope you've got a giant that can put his pickaxe into the ground and hold you steady. We, we made it. We summited it. It was excruciating, those eight hours in, in the dark. And I still remember saying to our guide, why did you make this, us do that at night? He said, we have learned if we try to do it in the day, no one thinks they'll make it. You know, when the valleys of our life hit us, be glad that you couldn't predict what was coming. You wouldn't have made it. But the valleys come. And oh, will Mary have valleys. Mary will be disbelieved. Mary will be wrongly accused. Mary will be made a social outcast from her community as soon as she reveals that she is pregnant. She will lose probably her marriage to Joseph for she is engaged. She could be kicked out of her village forever. She could be stoned according to the Old Testament. Don't think of this as just sheer peaks. The valleys are clearly there. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, a prophet will pray, uh, will speak to her after Jesus is born from Luke chapter 2, 34 and 35. Look at this. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too, Mary. 
what she's going to see as her son is rejected, what she's going to experience as he hangs on the cross. Be glad you can't see the valleys that are coming. You couldn't endure them. It's amazing to go back to verse 38 now, which I call the key text here, and to read it from the New American Standard Bible. We have it on the screen. Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Now Mary can't see the peaks yet. She can't see the valleys. But regardless, she says, in essence, what her own son will say 33 years later. Not my will, but God's be done. Life is full of valleys. Job's been very helpful to me in this. Job 5, 7. Mankind is born to sorrows just like sparks fly upward. It's, it's the way of things. Job says to his wife after she says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? He says, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Job says, 121, after hearing that all of his children had perished, after the loss of all things, he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. We can praise God for the peaks. Can you praise God for the valleys? Have you like Mary and like her son, said thy will be done no matter what comes my way. That's just ridiculous. Doesn't make sense. It only can make sense if you remember who God is. His absolute love for you and your welfare is always in his mind. And he is absolute sovereign power and authority who controls everything that happens in the universe at all times. Love and sovereignty. You put those together, you can say, even in the valleys, I will praise the Lord. He won't fail me. Quite a call. Have you prayed that yet? Even in the valleys, your love and your sovereignty will cause me to say, thy will be done. Wow. Mary's way ahead of the game on this one. Let's look what happens next, verses 39 through 45. And I call this the um, friends on the journey. Friends on the journey. Hey, when you do have your peaks, hope that you've got loving people alongside. It makes the happiness better when you share it. When you're in the valleys, pray that you've got the kind of friends or family that will stand by you 
when you can't stand yourself. God provided it for Mary. So important, our friends on the journey to Mary, that he has his angel tell her right after she learns what's about to happen to her that Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Elizabeth, it's her relative, probably her aunt. Elizabeth, she lives 80 to 100 miles away. But Elizabeth... Elizabeth will get it. No one will believe you. Elizabeth will. And so look what Mary does. Verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She hurried. Why? Because she was probably already being rejected. Even in the early first weeks of her pregnancy, if she told anyone. She hurries south. It's going to take her a week to get there. Verse 40, she enters Zechariah's home and greets Elizabeth. And Elizabeth? What was Mary thinking in those five days it took to get there? What happened to me can't be true. I'm, I'm going crazy. Anyone I told thinks I'm crazy. Did this not happen? But when she knocks on the door, look what it says. I love this, you guys. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she didn't know he, Mary was coming. You cannot send a text. It says the baby leaped in her womb. Okay, some of you are saying the word is leapt. I want you to know I've looked it up in six translations. Half were leaped, half were leapt. If you don't like it, change it, all right? I'm using leaped. I might use leapt in the next service. Who knows? The baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth is filled with God the Spirit. And in a loud voice, she cries out, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. She doesn't show yet. God the Spirit is speaking prophetic revelation through Elizabeth right now. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, is the child you will bear. 43, why am I so favored, Elizabeth says, that the mother of my Lord, brand new revelation, not only is Mary pregnant, she bears the Lord of heaven and earth that she should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. What's the name of that baby that Elizabeth is carrying, anybody? John the Baptist, right? They're cousins. John the Baptist and Jesus will be cousins. She's six months pregnant already. And, and incidentally, what is the purpose of John the Baptist? To prepare the way of the Lord. And he will declare everywhere that one is coming who is greater than him, right? <laughs> Did you know his prophetic voice happened right here 
It says, when we heard your greeting, the baby leaped in my womb. John the Baptist is now declaring something's up. While still in the womb. Oh, and look what it says. The baby in my womb, verse 44, leaped for joy. I didn't know that unborn babies could leap for joy. But the Bible says he did. Mary is getting fresh revelation from God through the angel. Elizabeth gets revelation from God through the Spirit and is declaring what is happening. What this must have meant to Mary is incomprehensible. Talk about being in the valleys. She was there already. But now she's being told everything that happened was true and even more. And it's Aunt Elizabeth who is as surprised as anybody. Her own pregnancy is one of the miracles. A, a, a barren postmenopausal woman doesn't become pregnant. We are in a new moment of universal history. Yeah, wow. I'm so glad she had her as a friend. Our valleys and our heights and valleys won't be what Mary's were, but boy, but if you're going through deep valleys now, go to your friend. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm really down, I go to people, and sometimes I'm so down, I, I, even with prayer, I can't pull myself up, but others will pull you up. They will declare God's truth. They will lay hands on you and pray for you when you can't pray yourself. God wants every one of us to have at least one Elizabeth in our life. I like her a lot. Well, still not done. Now, Mary, unbeknownst to her, is going to prophesy. So this great coming together of Mary and Elizabeth and, of course, Zachariah, who still can't talk and just watching it all. He can't say it, but he can write it. He goes, I know, this, all this is hard to believe. <laughs> and now Mary speaks, and we have what is considered one of the great songs of the Bible. It's called the Magnificat, based on the word, my soul. See where it says glorifies in our text, verse 46? That's also the word magnify the great magnifica my soul magnifies makes god bigger right now and my spirit rejoices in god my savior verse 47 for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me holy 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 is his name mary is expressing praise and thanksgiving to god for what god has done in her but now, watch, now the prophecy really starts to flow through her. She's speaking God's new revealed truth. And she says, starting verse 50, his mercy extends to all who fear him. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Incidentally, she must have known quite a bit of Old Testament to even bring these things out. At least 15 to 20 different passages and situations are revealed in Mary's prophecy right now from the Old Testament. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. In a, in a blitz of revelation, Mary is now the megaphone of God the Spirit revealing new, divine, infallible truth that the coming of her son means that there will be a moral revolution. Those who are proud will be brought down. It means that there will be a social revolution. Authorities will be lowered. The humble will be raised. It means that there will be an economic revolution. The poor will be given all they need and be full. And the rich who are greedy will not have enough. This is what we call the kingdom of God. Everything wrong will be made right, comes through Mary's lips. And I love that she ends with just mercy, mercy, mercy. Because we all limp. <laughs> and we desperately need God's mercy. You know how we define mercy? Mercy is defined as not being given what we do deserve. All of this from the lips of Mary. She is a part of something bigger than she has ever imagined in her life. Welcome to Mary's adventure. Peaks and valleys. Welcome to Mary's adventure. Friends will be there on the journey. Welcome to Mary's adventure. What is going to happen in and through her is bigger than she ever imagined. And it's the same in your life. Don't get hung up on just me, 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 me. Get hung up on thee, 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 thee. What does God want to do through your life? What adventures does he want to take you on that will have peaks and valleys? But God has a plan for your life that is bigger than your plan for your life. Are you surrendered to that? Well, I don't know what Mary did on the way home. Verse 56 says she stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. That meant that Elizabeth was ready to give birth. Did she stay through the birth or leave just before? We don't know, but she had that long journey home, 80 to 100 miles. And I, wondered what, I wonder what she thought about. A great Christmas carol was written about 15 years ago that, that will, I believe, become one of the standards for all of us for generations to come. And if you will, I would just like to imagine that an angel might be saying something like this to Mary on the way home. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new and that the child that you'll deliver 
will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And that when you kiss your little baby, you'll be kissing the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations. Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Mary, did you know? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Mary is an extraordinary person for an extraordinary time that will change human existence. You are an extraordinary person if Jesus lives in you. You will have peaks, you will have valleys. You will have friends on your journey. But most of all, I close in prayer by saying, will you say to God, thy will be done. Pray with me now. Follow me out loud or silently. Lord, I submit myself to you. I rejoice in the peaks. I submit to the valleys. Magnify Jesus Christ in me. Amen and amen. <laughs>